Hey, this is Ryan Miller. I'm the lead pastor of Local City Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope this talk encourages you, inspires you, and reminds you that there is always hope. That this is just the beginning of a conversation between you and Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. Enjoy the message. Our pastor is an amazing pastor, and um, I have a lot of love and respect for both of our pastors. I've seen them grow up. I've seen them grow out. Now they're having their second (laughs) child. But he said that when you first come to local, the first time you're a visitor, and the second time you're family. And the immediate thought that came to my head is, you must be Latin. So the next thought that came after that was, who's bringing the rice and beans next week? Who's bringing the tostones? Who's bringing the penir? Who's bringing... Shall I go on? Are you guys hungry? My name is Joe Lugo. I am so happy to be sharing the message with you today. You know, this is one of those messages that is very challenging. So here's what I want you to do. Um, I want you to put a smile on your face. Look, look, check your smile. Check, go, look at the person next to you, and if they approve your smile, we're good. RJ asked me earlier, he said, do you want the chair and the table? And I said, um, yeah. And he goes, oh, okay, because, you know, you know, put your stuff, you want any water or something. I said, no, I, I just want it because sometimes I feel old. <laughs> I just need to sit down. I used to tell when I was pastoring uh, back in the day, I used to tell the congregation, if I'm sitting down, I'm teaching. If I'm standing up, I'm preaching. But I'm not really sure what I'm doing today. So we'll see how this works out. So I want to share with you a topic that's near and dear to my heart. You know, I've been serving the Lord for over 30 years. I grew up in church. And I didn't like the God that they presented to me when I was a kid. So I said, we're done with him. And I left. And then through the miracle of love, I met my wife, and she hated me. (laughs) But because she hated me, I had to get the girl. So she said, if you straighten your life out with God, maybe there's a chance for us. And so in that process, I straightened out my life with God. And I got the girl, too. (laughs) That's pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So we've been married over 30, 30 years. And in those 30 years, I have gotten to know God in a way that I didn't expect. I got to know God in a way that still challenges me through this, till this day. 30 years, over 30 years of serving the Lord. And I struggle. I struggle with God. Sometimes I don't get it. Sometimes I don't understand what he wants from me. Sometimes I just don't understand. And it's not because I don't know English. You understand what I'm saying, right? I wrote a book in English. I wrote one in Spanish too, but it's not that I don't understand the concepts and the grammar. For me, in my in my finite mind, in my human mind, I'm preaching, see, I'm standing. In my finite mind, I struggle with contradiction. Because I read something, I hear something, I'm encouraged by something, and all of a sudden it doesn't work out that way. 
Lord, you said you would be with me. Lord, you said you would love me. Right now, I feel alone and I don't feel loved. Lord, you, would said, you, you said you would never forsake me, but right now, I feel rejected. I don't get this. You know what that's all called? It's all called God's work in us. Yeah. Would you look at somebody with that smile? I don't see a lot of smiles anymore. Get the smiles back on. Look at the person next to you and say, with a smile, that's God's work in us. And you know, his work is so that we can have purpose that leads us to his ultimate glory. Isn't that amazing? Let me start with Romans 8, 27 and 28. This is a verse that we've heard time and time again, that we've heard people recite. They've said it. I've heard people use it right. I've heard people use it not so right. And again, it's because of how we interpret things in the situations that we are. And let me just say this as a caveat to everything that I'm going to say. The word of God is true. It's not true because it works in your situation or you think it works in your situation or doesn't work in your situation. The word of God is true because he's God. He's right. He knows and he is the truth. And we need to understand that truth cannot be measured by emotion. Truth cannot be measured by how I feel today. Truth can't be measured by how much money or things I have or how much success or if I did or didn't get the girl. The truth is the truth is the truth. That's rule number one. Rule number two, the truth is the truth is the truth. Rule number three, when in doubt, see rule number two. If you don't like rule number two, see rule number one. That's how this works. And so Romans 8, 27 and 28, it says, and listen very carefully because we always read 28, but we never read 27. And it says, and he who searches hearts knows what is in the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. So we get excited, right? Everybody excited. Oh, the Spirit's praying for me. God's praying for me. Yeah. Uh, but know this. He's praying for his will to unfold and become real and become intertwined with your will. In other words, when we walk close enough to God, when we walk with God, our will becomes his desires. And that's going to take a little bit of a, 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 the light bulb will go off in in a second. We'll get there. And then it says this. And we know that to those who love God, how many people love God? Smile, look at the person next to you, tell them, I love God. Okay, okay, okay. We get, we see you working, I see you working. And it says, for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. So you all said you love God. You all are called according to his purpose. And this is all things work together for good. So the question now is, why aren't they working for good? Am I the only one? Because I'll tell you what, yesterday I got up and looked in the mirror and I said, that ain't working for good. 
That's definitely not working for good. Why is it? It says everything works for good. Here's the thing. We don't get to define the good. Because it says according to his plan and his purpose. You see, you and I, I'm going to let you know a little secret. When I found this out, it devastated me. We're not good. There's only one that's good, and that's God. And so what does God do? He takes all these circumstances, all these things that we're going through, and he turns them around no matter what's happening, no matter what you're going through, whether you lost your job, whether you need finances, whether you're not feeling well, whether you're dealing with sicknesses, whether you're dealing with problems in relationships, whatever it is that you're going through, fighting temptations, facing challenges, he takes all, listen to me, don't make me come down there, all, all, can, can you look at the person next to you with that smile and say all? All things. And he takes them and makes them work together for good. So I, I, you're not convinced yet. It's okay, though. It's okay. We got, we, well, we got you. We got you. So, so one of the things God does with problems is he takes these challenges and problems in your notes, and he uses them to examine us. So my wife will tell you, I hope she doesn't, but if you ask her, she probably will. When I met her, I really was convinced um, that I was God's gift to the world. I really did think that. I found out very quickly that wasn't true, but I did think it for a while. And one of the things that happened in that process, in that year of her saying, I want nothing to do with you until you get right with God, was that, and that was hard for me. That was real hard for me. But I began to look at myself in ways that I didn't before. I began to see things in my life that I really kind of knew I was, that were there, but didn't want to deal with. Anybody ever kind of know you got something back there you got to go work on? You know, like clean the refrigerator, but it's been like three months, and you're like, yeah, whatever, it's mold. It'll turn into penicillin something. <laughs> but God uses this. Look what it says in James 1, 2 through 4. It says, count it all joy. Really? Seriously? No, that's, that's what it says. It says, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. Boy, we're going down a path that just doesn't feel right. Count it all joy when we meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. You know what steadfastness is? Stability. You know that sometimes one of the things I hate is when my life goes up and down. And one of the things that I hate most about uh, when I'm struggling spiritually is that my spiritual life goes up and down. But here, James says, count it all joy, my brothers, because when you meet various trials, you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. So when you're in a trial, remember this, you are growing stronger. You're growing smarter. You're growing more spiritual and closer to God. 
And let not, and let steadfastness have its full effect. Well, that one really hurts. That's ouch. So, so what he's saying is, look, you're going to be in this process. You're going to find out about yourself. Let the process happen. Because in that process, God loves you so much that he's going to take that and work it out for the good according to his will for your life and his plan for your life. I'm going to say a little bit something about God's will in a second. Then he says, so that you may be perfect and complete and lacking nothing. Oh, my gosh. That gets me excited. But see, this is the thing. You got to go through this to get to this. Nobody goes and flies over this. Because then this means nothing. And how do you know you got to this if you don't taste this? Am I making sense? Or have I totally confused you with my this and that? Good, good. God uses problems to lead you in the right direction. Now listen to me. Proverbs 20, 30 says, <laughs> when I re- every time I read Proverbs, I, I, just, I, get, I leave with a black eye, black and blues. I just get beat up. But Proverbs says, it says, blows and wounds scrub away evil, and beatings purge the innermost being. Remember when I was a kid? <laughs> I was a good kid. That's why they told me, I'm going to beat the devil out of you. Those were actual words that were used in my direction. One human being said that to another human being, although there was questions about my humanity. But thank God for Jesus, because he transformed me and he changed me. And here's the thing. So God leads us in the right direction. And sometimes when we're walking along, I don't know about you guys, but my GPS is all messed up. And I want you to know. I'm looking around just to make sure I don't offend anybody. I think I'm the oldest person in the crowd. But the older you get, the less your GPS works. I'm just, I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. And while we're walking along and we think we're following the Lord, an obstacle shows up. Or a problem shows up. Or we slip and fall to a temptation. Or we just don't do the right thing. And sometimes God has to take the obstacle out. And I want you to understand something. We smiling? Because this is going, you got to smile. Everybody, come on, let me see your teeth. Huh? Smile, all right, okay. Because the obstacle, most of the time, is us. We are the obstacle. And sometimes God has to work on that obstacle. Sometimes God has to remove the things that are inside of us that we believe, we've been believed the lie that they are who we are, and they're not. Because God never said I was any of those things. And if God didn't say it, I don't believe it. But if he did, I do. So that he uses it to lead us. God uses problems to discipline you. This is an ugly word, but it's actually a real beautiful word. Because I do a lot of business, uh, entrepreneur, accelerators, and coaching, and training. And I will tell you this. Discipline trumps talent any day. Do you hear what I said? You could be the most talented person in the world. You ain't got no discipline, you ain't going nowhere. You're going to be sitting there with your talent. 
Then you find somebody who's got a regimen, who's got discipline, who says, this is this. I'm going to keep doing this until it happens. And that person is going to get it done. Discipline trumps talent any day. And God uses these things to discipline you. Look what it says in Psalm 119. It says, it is good for me. This is, it is believed David wrote this psalm, and it's believed that he wrote this while he was fleeing from Saul and from all of the things that were happening all around him. And this is what he says. He says, he says and it is good for me that I was afflicted. That's a brave man right there. <laughs> that I might learn your statutes. It's good that I was afflicted, that you disciplined me, that you gave me the rod every now and then, the staff, that you kind of helped me along because I learned your statutes. Anybody ever put their hands on a furnace? So I'm the only one? Okay, a few of you. When I was a kid, I grew up in New York City in Brooklyn. Woo-woo, Brooklyn in the house. Okay. Um, so, so in Brooklyn, we have furnaces. They're everywhere. They're even on in the summer, just how it works. They don't know how to turn them on. One day, I was, I don't know, five. Yeah, and I still remember that because I saw the furnace and I saw steam coming. I was so, like, um, intrigued by it. I said, wow, this is really the steam. Whoa, come to me. I went to the furnace. I put my, both my hands on there. And I yelled. And when I pulled my hands off, it's going to be a little gross. Smile, smile, smile. My skin came off. The skin of my palm of my hands came off. It was the most painful thing in the world. Do you know what I never did again? I never touched the furnace. Even if it's off, I just want to see it. You know, I'm good. I'm good. Right? The, the same thing happens. God disciplines us. Now, God is not going to put our hands on the furnace. That's not how God operates. But he is going to discipline us. He's going to make it available to us to learn a lesson to, through things that we go through. And he's going to be right there. And he's going to present it all to you. He's going to put it all in front of you. Yeah. But it's up to you and me to take the lesson, yeah. to learn the lesson, to apply the lesson. God's a gentleman. He's not going to force you. He's going to set the table but he ain't going to make you eat. That's up to you. We still smiling? Okay, good, good, good. I'm glad. So God uses problems to shield us from greater harm. Have this, has this ever happened to you? You, you kind of get upset because... Oh, man, the car doesn't start. I'm going to be 20 minutes late. And then you get somewhere 20 minutes late. And then they tell you, hey, um, if you would have got here, you know, 20 minutes earlier, man, you would have been in this mess over here or this accident or whatever. And you go, oh, my gosh, that's true. Right. And you just kind of blow it off as to how that's life. I don't know. I don't believe in coincidences. I just believe God's got his divine hand on all things. And and I, I can't explain why things happen the way they happen. I'm just not smart enough for that. But I do trust God. I do trust God. And so sometimes he, he shields us. And so listen to what it says in Genesis 50, verse 20. And this is Joseph speaking, right? Remember Joseph and his 12 brothers? Joseph in the colorful coat. Joseph, you remember that guy? They, they threw him in a ditch, and one of them wanted to kill him, but the other one said, no, nah, we, we, don't, 
we're just not men enough to kill him. Let's just leave him in a ditch and get out of here. And then they found him, and he became a slave, and then he was raised up and, and finally ended up that guy. Okay. Um, all right. So, so at the end, right, when everything is going down, this is what he says. He says, as for you, you meant evil against me, talking to his brothers, but God meant it for good. Yes. Have you ever read David's li- uh, Joseph's life? That is one messed up story. The stuff they did to him was messed up. The things he had to face was messed up. But he said God meant it for good. So what does that mean? He goes on to say, And God meant it for good to bring about that many should be kept alive as they are today. So here, let me tell you what happens. God takes Joseph through this whole process. And let me tell you, Joseph had, to, he had some stuff he had to deal with. He had some stuff he had to learn before he became the number two guy in Egypt. And, and the reason God was getting him ready was because Joseph was going to do something that was going to save Egypt. There was a famine coming and millions of people were going to die. But God took Joseph without his brothers knowing Got him out of the house and into the process and into the system so that one day he would set up a system to overcome and beat the famine. But God meant it for good. Who's good? Others' goods. Other people's good. Now, I want to ask you something. Are we smiling? Come on. Come on. Smile, smile, smile. Because this one's going to be hard. Is the sacrifice in your life worth other people? Is it worth another soul coming to Christ? Me being uncomfortable and going through a challenge and going through a tough time, but standing firm and trusting God so that others can see it is possible and draw them to God's love, is it worth it? You see, for me, the answer is yes, because for somebody else who did it for me, the answer was yes. All right. God uses problems to refine and improve you. Look at the person next to you. We have any married people? All right. So first, I want to see the reaction of the married people, because I always have fun with this. So married people look at each other and say, you are refined. You are improved. Because of me. <laughs> it always works real well when I do that. Okay, so Romans 5, 3 to 5 says, this is what it says, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings. Paul, who suffered tons, and he said, I rejoice in my suffering, knowing that suffering produces endurance. Suffering produces endurance. Listen to this. Endurance produces character. And character produces hope and hope does not put us to shame what is it that keeps us going listen to me it's not emotion it's not encouragement it's hope there's a difference between encouragement and hope encouragement is when I tell you hey man don't worry about it it's going to be okay They'll win next year. (laughs) Hope is I'm trusting in a better, greater truth 
in something that I am expecting, that I know is going to happen, that God is at the end of that hope. He is the one who's got me. There's a difference. And you can't be shamed in hope. And listen to what it says, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Oh, seriously, man, that's so good. That's so, so good. God, we also, now listen to me. So, no, I'm not going to put this down because then I'll, I'll get off track. But here's what I want to say to you. So, so God uses all these things to, to, to grow us, to stretch us, to improve us, to get us to look more and more like him. You see, we were formed in the image of God. We were created in the image of God. But don't think you have been finished. Don't think that God's done. Don't think God's not, he doesn't have more for you. He's not continuing to form. This whole entire life is about forming and getting us ready and transforming. Not changing, but transforming us to more of the likeness of Christ. Because. You and I might be the only Christ that somebody in your circle may ever see. And which Christ are they going to get to know? I'd rather they know the real Christ. That's why I'd rather go through the process. That's why I'd rather face the situations and the challenges and the problems. Because I know that at the end of that, it is God's will that is going to occur. For his purpose. What is his purpose? His purpose is that all men be saved. or have the opportunity to be saved. So that he does not have eternity without us. Is that that good? Because that's who God is. That's who God is. And so here's what I will tell you. Go through the process. Stand. How do you go through the process? Stand on the promises of God. In your notes. Stand on the promises of God. Despite your circumstances, stand. Yes. You hear what I say? Yes. What I say? Okay, so five people got it. Good. No matter what, stand. When things get rough, stand. When you can't stand no more, stand. When you're having trouble, your legs are trembling, stand. You're not getting this because every time I say stand, some people should be standing right now. <laughs> right? That's okay. But remember what I'm telling you, because no matter what is happening, no matter what is going on, we must stand. Do you know why we must stand? Because there are other people depending on whether we're standing or sitting. When we stand firm on God's promises, God can do amazing things through you and me. When we sit low on God's promises... It's a 50-50 because it's more dependent on us than his truth. Do you hear what I'm saying? So we must learn. 2 Corinthians 1.20, and I'm going to be closing with this. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. This is what we're doing. 
we're standing. The world is falling on top of me. But I say yes because I believe God's with me. I say yes because God is my strong tower. I say yes because he is my holy temple. I say yes because he's my deliverer. He's my healer. He's my savior. And if I die, I won. Do you remember what Paul said? To die is to gain. But because all these people are so sorry, I'm going to have to hang around and teach them something. That, that's what he said. That's in English, in modern English terms. He said, I'd rather go with God. Because you guys are messed up, so I'm going to hang out. Do you see? The Christian life could be so much different. And then, once we're standing, we must rest. Oh, how many people love to rest? It's Labor Day. And the people who are resting are not here because you guys are all working. Right? Thank God. Thank God for local. Thank God for the team. Thank God for the worship. Thank God for all the guys that work and gals that work behind the scenes. Thank God for the people that are taking care of our kids. Yeah. Why don't we give them a shout out? Come on. Yeah. This is good. It's good. <laughs> Psalm 11.1. 1, it says, "The Lord, In the Lord I take refuge. How can you say to my soul, flee like a bird to your mountain? This was David, you know, kind of trying to, he was going through some stuff and persecution, and he just didn't know what to do. And he, he was saying, Lord, what, what do you think, what, I mean, what am I supposed to do, flee? Flee to the mountain? And then he thought about it as you read the psalm. He goes, you know what, that's not a bad idea because that's your mountain. Who's going to mess with you on your mountain? Then he started talking about how God is a refuge and a temple. And he said, Lord, what do I got to worry about? I'm standing in your promise. Now I'm going to rest in your promise. Because you got this. God's ultimate glory. Listen to me. If you don't remember anything else today, God's ultimate glory is the best plan for our lives. Your plan is not the best plan for your life. And you may think it's your life, but it's really not. It's on loan. But God's plan is the best plan. Listen to what it says in 1 Corinthians 23, 24, and then 31 and 33. It says, I have the right to do anything. People say that, right? But not everything is beneficial. You ever thought about that? Yeah, I can do a whole bunch of things, but not everything I do is good for me. I ate a pint of ice cream the other day. Halfway through it, I realized it was not good for me. But did I stop? <laughs> no. No, no, I did not. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. No one should seek their own good, but the good of others. That is where the satisfaction of serving God comes from. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. Do not cause anyone to stumble, whether Jew, Greeks, or the church of God, even if I try to please everyone in every way, for I am not seeking my own good, but the good of many, so that they may be saved. That's why local exists. That's why we're here. That's why we do what we do. Because if it was just for me, I can do this by myself. But that's not the gospel. 
That's not how God designed it. So I want to encourage you today. Are you still smiling? Still smiling? Yes? I want to encourage you today. When you face trial, when you face trouble, smile. Smile like you know a secret that nobody else knows. You know what that secret is? God's got you. God's got you. He's got the situation, and he wants to make you better, and he wants to make you closer to him, and he wants to use you in greater ways. God's got you. Can we just pray together? Father, we just thank you, Lord, for this time. Thank you, Lord. You're such a good God because in everything that you do, you use it so that we can grow, so that your plan and your purpose could formulate in us. Father, I pray for each and every person here, whatever they may be going through, whatever they may be facing, that they may have a new, fresh perspective on what it is that you're doing, how it is that you're doing it, and why you're doing it. Lord, we are your creation. We are in your hands for you to do as you see fit. Thank you for the privilege to be called by your name. Thank you to partner with you to grow the kingdom and reach the world and share the love that I have gotten to know. It is in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much for joining us on the Local City Podcast. I want to encourage you to take the message you just heard and allow it to go deeply into your heart. Let Jesus do the deep work that only he can do. A special thank you to everyone who gives to Local City Church. Your generosity makes this podcast possible and creates life change for so many people. You can be a part of spreading this message by going to localcity.church give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this message with your family and friends. Thanks again for listening. God bless you. Have a great day.